Hey friends! This is Allison and Becky. And you're listening to Two American Peas in a Mexican Podcast. Woohoo! Hey friends! On today's episode, Allison and I are going to be talking about being single in ministry and on the mission field. And we're going to talk about things um, like the loneliness that we experienced. We're going to talk about how to how we had to learn how to actually do adult things, not mm-hmm. just learning how to do them, but learning how to do them in a different culture, in a language, in a different language. Um, and we're going to talk about being single in the church and what our experience was. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be a great episode. We hope you enjoy it, and we also just want you to know that. Um, before this episode, I was doing some traveling, and so Allison and I decided to be safe and wear masks while we were recording this. So it might, if it sounds a little bit muffled, that's why. Um, I still think you'll be able to hear it just fine, but just wanted you to know that. Um, enjoy listening. We are so excited because today Allison and I are going to be talking about being single on the mission field and in ministry. And so before we start, we want to give you a little bit of a background um, into the circumstances around why both Allison and I have experienced being single in ministry. Um, Our stories are both different, and so we want to just share that first so you can kind of see what our different perspectives are looking into um, singleness on the mission field and in ministry. And so this is Becky talking. And I graduated college and then moved down just a few months, moved down to Mexico after I graduated college. And so I moved down as a single woman. I was young, I was 21 when I moved down to Mexico. I know I was a baby. Um, and I lived and served for eight years as a single woman. And so I think my story maybe is a little bit more, um, not normal, that's not the right word, a little more of your typical Mm -hmm. single girl serving on the mission field. And so, but when I moved down, I had to learn pretty much how to be an adult on my own, as well as doing that in a different language. So I had the language barrier um, and the learning a new culture and all of those fun obstacles that I had to kind of get over while I was figuring out how to be a, an adult and a single woman all at the same time. You kind of had it all in one fell swoop, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was hard, but we'll get into that. Yeah. My story is obviously very different. I came to Mexico many years ago with my husband and my two children, and... Um, as I shared in an earlier episode, um, in 2012, my husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor and he passed away in 2018. It's now 2020. And so I've been living for two years as a single woman on the mission field. And so my circumstances were way different. I Mm -hmm. had already been an adult for a long time (laughs) and I had, um, already entered the culture and knew the language and things that you didn't have that advantage of having. But I had never really, really been single on my own before. So yeah. it it has been an experience to be a single woman on the mission field. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, both of us have a little different perspective, but we both have some perspective on it. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Tell us by starting, Becky, what yeah. some of the hardest things you experienced. 
Um, well, this, I mean, this is definitely, I think a lot of single people feel this, um, but being in a new language and a new culture, um, I think magnified it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the hardest thing for me was just loneliness. Mm-hmm. I felt lonely a lot of the time. I wasn't living close to family. I moved down where I knew a few people, but I didn't really have close friendships. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just desiring that companionship that I saw that a lot of other people had in their spouse. And that was something that I didn't have, but really wanted. Uh, and so I was lonely that first, maybe a first year before I could really make some good friends. Um, that was the hardest thing for me, I think. I can only imagine because you're very... Um, extroverted person you love to be with people I imagine that before you came down you were with people a lot yeah I you know I lived in the dorms at school and so I went from being living with my 300 best friends (laughs) to (laughs) to not being able to talk to anybody it was hard um and yeah and that yeah that loneliness I think definitely was for me was the hardest thing um and the lack of communication mm-hmm. at the ministry that we lived mm-hmm. that both of us lived and worked at mm-hmm. for a long time mm-hmm. there um it's there's no cell phone service there no. and so and there is internet at the office building but once you go home for the evening there's no internet there's mm-hmm. no cell phone mm-hmm. you're pretty much on your own and so I think that also played a big part of that loneliness I couldn't just get on the phone and and call my mom or call my best friend when I needed to talk to somebody. I even felt that as a married woman, you know, not being able to call my mom or my really good friends, you know, so I can only imagine as a single woman. My experience with loneliness um, as a single woman, Mm -hmm. though, was very different because I went from having, you know, a spouse, a very close person, to to not having that person. And Mm -hmm. it is, it's just... I'm sure we'll talk about being a widow later, but um, it's just a very raw loneliness, Uh and it's, it, loneliness is weird. One time I heard a young woman that was on staff Mm -hmm. at Agua Viva describe it as just not being able to breathe. You Hmm. were so lonely. Uh Uh-huh. And it, it really is, it really affects you even physically. It just yeah. hurts to be lonely. Yeah. So and that that was very hard. Also, for hard for me, um, even at my age, was taking on adulting tasks oh that gosh. I had yes, <laughs> that I had never done before. <laughs> like I didn't have any idea how much of a team my husband and I were mm. and how much, you know, he carried some things for years that I never had to worry about. One of those things was taxes. Uh, And so unraveling the whole world of taxes for me, we pay taxes in the United States still, and Mm -hmm. unraveling that whole thing was so hard for me. I can't even imagine what it must have been like for you. Did you, what was adulting like for you? Oh my gosh, adulting was hard. And even there's this strange thing that happens when you move to a place where you don't speak the language it's almost like you become a baby again oh yes um you can't do anything on your own or you can but everything is 10 times harder oh oh i have to tell a story i have to tell a story one time i was in a grocery store and you know i was i was 32 or 33 Mm -hmm. i had been to 
university. I was married. I had had a professional job. I had moved with my... I mean, I felt like a really big, strong person. (laughs) Yes, well, you were. I was a big, strong person. I had moved to a new culture with my husband, and I went to the grocery store, and the the cashier told me what I needed to pay, and I didn't get what she was saying, and I couldn't get what she was saying. And I opened up my hand, and she picked out (laughs) the coins that I needed to pay with, and I felt five. I felt like I was five. It's... It's... You're just back at square one yeah really. it's just the most humbling experience because yeah you can do all those things on your own in your home culture but in a new place with a new language it yeah. just makes everything so hard I had a similar thing happen to me in a grocery store <laughs> we those darn groceries I stores. know <laughs> it's like we need to eat or something there's some reason we have to go there um so I was checking out and what they do here in Mexico is you can choose whether you want to round up and they do you know donate it to some charity Mm -hmm. and so but I didn't know what that word for round is and so I was checking out and the the um, cashier kept asking me would you like to round your change would you like to round your change would you like to round your change and I was looking at her with these Uh big eyes not I didn't have any idea what to say and there were people in line behind me and I could start to some of them started to say she doesn't speak Spanish just do it she doesn't speak Spanish and so I just said I took just guessed and said yes and then got my change and my receipt and took my groceries out to my car and I sat there and cried because Aww. it was it's just the hardest thing to not be able to do the most simplest thing mm-hmm. it yeah it really gets you that and that isn't even the hard part about adulting. That's no. that's what should be already easy for I us. know. <laughs> so what was the hard part of adulting like for you? Gosh, so the hard part, like insurance and taking care of my car and stuff, that was really hard. I had one experience with my car where I took it to one mechanic and um, they d- charged me a lot of money and then come to find out didn't fix the problem. And then I took it to another mechanic and they didn't believe me that my car had a problem. And so it wasn't until um, I asked, well, Brent actually went to the mechanic with me when I had a man there with me to explain to them that her car really does have a problem. Will you please check it out that I actually was able to get my car fixed. Ugh. And having not being able to accomplish, knowing that I should be able to accomplish those things and not being able to do it, I oh. think was just so hard. Oh, yeah. There's like two issues there, right? There's the issue of adulting and and being able to get across what you need and knowing who to trust right yes. there. But also the other issue of, how seriously people take you yeah as a young female american Mm -hmm. maybe yeah Uh, yeah unable to really communicate yeah that's hard yeah it was it was um how did you how were you able to start being an adult what did you do to be able to learn how to be an adult all on your own for me I, I mean, I, I guess I kind of just was up against a wall. I didn't have mm-hmm. any other choice. There's so many things to take care of after someone passes away. And so it was just, I had to just get going. Yeah. And I just had to ask questions and fumble along. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was hard. And, but one thing I would say that I learned in that period of time 
was not trying to worry about getting it all right hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of things to take care of, um, a lot of financial things and a lot yeah. of um, legal things. And it was really daunting to look at it all in the face, but I just decided I couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't physically take it all on no. at once. No. So I just started taking things apart mm-hmm. according to what I thought were the most urgent and mm-hmm. so I, I just started with them and that really helped and I noticed recently it's been two years now a little over two years I noticed recently that it's been a while since I've had to do anything else really mm-hmm. like most of the decisions have mm-hmm. now been made and mm-hmm. everything has been kind of put in its place and I'm I'm really not worrying about it anymore. But when that happened, I can't tell you because it lasted a long time. It's yeah. maybe been a couple months that mm. I haven't been working on it. So maybe take things a, a step at a time would be my advice in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? What did you, how did you deal with it? Um, I think... Well, I don't know whether I should put this on the list of the hard things or on the list of how I dealt with it, but um, learning to ask for help. That mm-hmm. was, I've never been a person, I've always been an independent woman. I was um, raised by two parents who taught me how to be an independent woman. I Before I was allowed to drive a car, I had to learn how to change my oil and and um, change a tire. Oh, So, you know, I was always taught how awesome. to be able to do those things on my own. Yeah. So thanks, Dad, if you're listening to this for that. <laughs> um, but in a new culture, in a new with a new language, with all these new things that I was having to learn, I just had to figure out how to humble myself and kind of make myself vulnerable and, and ask for help in those moments when I just could not do it on my own. That's a real thing, too. Yeah. That's a real... And it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Especially being new, I would think. You know, in my case, I I had a really good support system already built around me here. Yeah. But being new, I could see where that would be really hard. Yeah, it was. It was definitely hard. What about church? I keep hearing from single people about the the feelings that they have in church being a single person in church tell us about that yeah um that's it's a little bit of a loaded question i think um and i want to say first of all that i don't i don't think that this is necessarily a cultural thing i i experienced this both in the states and in mexico and i'm saying those two countries because those are the countries that i have experience in and i've heard other single women say similar things and both countries um but I think for some reason in the church we tend to treat single women as if maybe their time isn't as valuable as a married woman's time or that the purpose behind them being single is to prepare the be prepared for marriage that that's kind of what God is doing in their life God is God is preparing you to someday be married And yes, I did learn lots of valuable things that have helped me in my marriage, but I really truly believe that God had a bigger purpose for me in those eight years of being single in ministry. 
um, that God was doing more in my life than simply preparing me to be to be married. And yes, he was doing that. Um, but I saw so many other ways that that God used me and my ministry and so many other ways that God has used other single women and their ministry. Um, and it's just a it's just such a special time in your life because you can dedicate a hundred percent of your time to God and to the ministry that he is calling you to. Um, and I think sometimes, um, maybe single women aren't, I don't know, maybe the ministry isn't as, as acknowledged as other people's. I don't know if that's the right, the right, the right way to say it. I definitely am going to want to talk about this at a later date too. Yes. Yes. Let's get into that one all on its own because, because that's a, that's a really big topic. And, um, I'm starting to live some of that, what uh-huh. you're saying, and, uh-huh. and see where um, there's a lot of, especially in the church, it seems like there's a lot of structure built for uh, couples and families. Yes, yes. And, and little less structure for single people, at least in the churches that I know of. Mm-hmm. And I just... I'd, I'd really like to know how we can make that better. But anyway, for yeah. another episode. Yeah. We'll get back to yeah. that later. Yeah, no, I, I can I can definitely see that. And I've, I felt that for a long time. There were, you know, special programs for kids and the youth group. And then it kind of jumped to special programs for married people. And there was sometimes I felt um, overlooked, I think. Yeah, church. yeah, and um, single ministries. I don't know how they're doing nowadays, but I think they started out with good intentions, and then I think kind of historically they may have been kind of everybody's wish for people to find each other and get married <laughs> to one another. Yeah, like a like a it's dating dating <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Yeah, like a matchmaking service <laughs> yeah, at the there church. You go. There yeah, you go. speed dating <laughs> and. And so I don't know that they even have lasted that much, but, you know, we really need to talk more about what we can do for single people in our midst. I'm really interested in that. Yeah, and I do, and I do want to say that I know that there are people who are ministering to single people and they're doing it well. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I would, I'd love to see more of that happening. Yeah. So, so how did we cope? How did you cope as a... Yeah. Single woman. Uh, in those first six months to a year that were the hardest because I really hadn't, um, didn't have that support system around me that, that I wanted and needed. Um, I leaned into God and my relationship with him. Um, in the evenings I would go home and I didn't have, I only had electricity for a couple hours. I think that was one thing we didn't mention either is that at Agua Viva, uh, the lights would get turned off right around nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was no electricity, you know, so you can't watch TV. You can't do anything. Um, and so I would read my Bible. I would pray. I would go on walks and just spend a lot of time with God. And looking back, it, well, while I was living it, it was hard. It was really hard and it was lonely. Um, and it felt, I felt isolated um, but looking back, it was a really sweet time of growth in the, mm-hmm. my time with the Lord and my relationship with him. 
Um, and I think that was a um, maybe even a turning point in learning how to rely on him because there were times when that was kind of all I had. Yeah. Yeah, that really brings it home, doesn't it? When yeah. that's what you, your only lifeline is the Lord. It's when you find out that the Lord is enough in yes. those moments. So yes, absolutely. I'm so glad that that was the route you took because not everybody takes that route. You know, not everybody leans into the Lord. And I would say that's something that I've tried to make true in my widowhood as well. Mm, yeah. I, I remember in the beginning after Brent died, I would wake up in the middle of the night something that wasn't part of my life before mm-hmm. Brent died. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't ever have any trouble sleeping, but all of a sudden I started to have trouble sleeping. And I would wake up in the night and I would just be hit over again with the fact that Brent wasn't here and that I was alone. Yeah. And I remember that being a you know, almost the the verge of a panic attack mm. or something. Uh-huh. But right from the get-go, I really just tried to lean into the Lord and mm-hmm. say, I am I am not with Brent. Brent is not here. Brent yeah. is not with me. But I am also not alone. Yeah. God is here with me. And I would just start remembering certain scriptures that would get me through that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, um, God is near to the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. And God is a very present help in time of trouble. And things like that that just got me through and i think it it's a gift to do that kind of leaning and not look for some other way to fill our loneliness so yeah absolutely. in a way that yeah. that's really precious yeah no it is it it's life changing and it's life giving i think yeah oh gosh yes and it goes on with you. It's a. It's like the gift that keeps on giving, right? Because yeah. you, once you have that knowledge, and the next time you face uh-huh. something like that, it's you know where to look, right? You know where to go, right? So your life has drastically changed since yes. those early days. Yes. You've learned Spanish. You know how to round up in the grocery store yes I have friends (laughs) you have friends you have moved into town so you have 24-hour electricity (laughs) yes I can call my mama whenever I need her (laughs) and you've gotten married to a lovely man and have had a lovely daughter so now you're in a whole different Mm -hmm. phase of life which I'm imagining is also not perfect but is a nice phase of life. Yes. Is that fair to say? That is 100% the truth. (laughs) (laughs) So now, from this vantage point, Mm -hmm. look back on your singleness with us and tell us what what you would say about singleness now. Yeah. Um, I would still say that it's hard. I would still... I remember those days of... um, desiring that companionship having that intimate friendship in my life um and so it it was hard but it was such a unique time of life because it was the only time of life where um I got to decide a hundred percent of where my time and energy went Mm -hmm. um I decided that I wanted to dedicate a lot of my time and energy all of my time and energy to doing ministry. And so I was able to do that. I was able to just give all of myself and I could go home and I could just crash and be done for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I mean, don't get me wrong. I love going home and I love my husband and my daughter being there. But I I have to go home and I have to keep giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas as when I was single, I could just give it all. I could do, you know, work 18 hour days mm-hmm. and then go home and just crash. Yes. And that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, or I could be at home and I could stay in bed all day when I needed to stay in bed all day. And that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it, it was a, a really sweet time of life where I... Um, got to do kind of what I whatever I wanted to do yeah. and and I do have to say I don't want to make marriage sound like it's like I'm trapped there or anything because I'm absolutely not I love my marriage and I love my husband oh, and yeah. I have a lot of freedom oh, in yeah. that marriage yeah in my marriage um but yeah being single was just kind of a sweet time of life where where I got to give it all where when and where I wanted to give it all yeah yeah that's so precious um, tell us what what would be your advice to see other single women? Oh, my advice to other single women is that you are not less of a person because you're not mm-hmm. married. Mm-hmm. You are one hundred percent of who God made you to be right now, and when you get married, you still will be one hundred percent of who God made you to Amen. be in that phase of life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're doing, the ministry that you're serving in is, is valuable mm-hmm. and, um, this phase of life is valuable and it's not just, it's not simply a phase of life to prepare you for what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I have no doubt that God is preparing you for what's coming next, whether that's marriage or whether that's something else. Um, but your value is not found in being married. Your value is found in who who God made you to be. Yeah. Um, and so use this time wisely. Mm-hmm. Use this time. Enjoy this time. Um, serve God with all that you have in this time. Yeah. Um, and trust him. Trust his timing. Trust, put, trust him with the desires of your heart. Yeah. Yes, I would say, I I mean, I don't feel like I have much to add because my experience of being a single woman in ministry is so short compared to yours and so different. However, having said that, I would add this to it. Mm -hmm. One thing that I'm really trying to live by right now in being single in ministry is realizing that I have no idea zero idea mm-hmm. of what's around the corner hmm. you know um yeah. in my case i'm not as much looking forward to maybe being married again mm-hmm. i'm more thinking you know what what could happen what are my kids going to do or is is there going to be an illness up mm-hmm. ahead of us is something going to be happening in the future that changes me from what I am today and so I'm trying really hard to live today to the max and Mm -hmm. and not just to be trite about it that's not that's not what I want to do I don't want to live this day like it's my very last day (laughs) blah 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 what I want to do is live without putting expectations on God for Mm. for what's to come I want to just live what I am right now Mm-hmm. as much as I can for his glory and I feel I'm trying to um kind of narrow my vision in a way or put blinders on the side of uh-huh. me 
and say, I'm only going to look at what you have for me now, and I'm not going to worry about what, you know, the next hmm. the next thing uh-huh. is. Oh, so, so like, I would say, for my advice for someone in in singleness right now, just live it big, because <laughs> you don't know how long it's going to last. You yeah. don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. So live right now. And God... I, I really want us to not be trite ever when we're talking on this podcast, but yeah. God really is um, f- very much there mm-hmm. and um, willing and able to be leaned into. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, if we trust him, if we say that we trust him, I feel like our actions should follow through on that. That's what I'm really trying to live right yeah. now is is live trusting that he's got that whatever's up ahead. Yeah. You know, he's taking care of that part. I'm just taking care of walking through today. Yes. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So anything else? I think I the only thing I want to add on to all of this is that um it's okay to not be married. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay if you don't want to be married. Right. We're, I mean, I'm talking my perspective. I always wanted to be married. That was always a desire, and so that's what my perspective is. But I just want to throw that out there and say, if you are a single man or woman and you're happy being single, you do you. You do you. <laughs> Go for it. And you are you are complete. You yeah. are complete in the Lord as you yeah. are. And every phase of life has good things and every phase of life has hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, and singleness and marriage is are no exception to that. No. So that brings us to the end of our time together. Um, we're really enjoying spending time doing this. Hopefully it's it's ministering to somebody out there and um, God bless you all in your journey, and we just want to remember one time, one more time, that love yeah. crosses cultures. Yes, and in this case, love crosses marital status. Yes, correct? amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, friends. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. So we hope you enjoyed our podcast today, and. You know, there's there's just so much to talk about, about being single on the mission field and in ministry. And I think we'll, we'll get back to it from time to time. But this was the first part of a two-part segment um, that we're doing. And next time, you'll be able to hear from two other young women who have been single and in ministry and on the mission field, Kirsten and Becca. And I think you're really going to enjoy that. So join us next time. See you then. If you liked what you listened to, please subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at two American peas in a Mexican pod. Look for a new podcast to release every other Friday. And remember, love crosses cultures.